Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This Harvard Business School audio case is copyrighted by the President and Fellows of Harvard College. It is intended for use exclusively as a supplement to the print version of the case. Reproduction, posting, digitization, transcription, or transmittal of any kind is prohibited without the permission of the Harvard Business School. Please note that the print version of the case may contain supplementary graphical exhibits, numerical data, and sourcing references not included in this version. Virgin Mobile USA Pricing for the very first time. When Richard Branson called me to discuss the CEO position at Virgin Mobile USA, I quickly considered the opportunity, a chance to be the chief executive of a newly formed startup in an overcrowded, increasingly mature, capital-intensive, highly competitive industry. Oh yeah, I should also mention that this is not an industry known for its customer service, and we'd be entering with a brand that had little U.S. name recognition, except for possibly as an airline. But then I thought, it's these kinds of opportunities where a team can define itself, and if this could be pulled off, it would be unbelievable. Dan Shulman, CEO, Virgin Mobile USA. Shulman accepted the challenge in the summer of 2001, and began to assemble a team to develop the new Virgin-branded service with a launch date of July 2002. Shulman had 18 years of telecommunications experience with AT&T and had most recently been the CEO of Priceline.com. He would need to draw on his experience from both firms to create an appealing offer that would take off in a saturated market. His goal was to achieve a run rate in which Virgin Mobile could have 1 million total subscribers by the end of the first year, and three million by year four. One of the key decisions for Virgin Mobile USA was the selection of a pricing strategy that would attract and retain subscribers. Company background. Virgin, a UK-based company led by Sir Richard Branson, was one of the top three most recognized brands in Britain. The company had a history of brand extensions, more than any other major firm in the past 20 years, resulting in a vast portfolio consisting of more than 200 different corporate entities, involved in everything from planes and trains to beverages and cosmetics. What tied all these businesses together were the values of the Virgin brand. We believe in making a difference. In our customers' eyes, Virgin stands for value, money, quality, innovation, fun, and a sense of competitive challenge. We look for opportunities where we can offer something better, fresher, and more valuable and we seize them. We often move into areas where the customer has traditionally received a poor deal, and where the competition is complacent. We are proactive and quick to act, often leaving bigger and more cumbersome organizations in our wake. Many of the company's ventures, such as Virgin Music Group, had proven to be phenomenally successful. Others, such as Virgin Cola, had resulted in failure. Virgin's cellular operations in the UK had been among the company's success stories, 
Virgin had signed up approximately 2.5 million customers in three years. The venture had broken new ground by being the company's first mobile virtual network operator, MVNO, which meant that rather than investing in and running a network in-house, the company leased network space from another firm, Deutsche Telekom. In Singapore, however, the story had been different. There, the company's cellular service, a joint venture with Singapore Telecommunications, had run into difficulties, attracting fewer than 30,000 subscribers after its launch in October 2001. The Singapore MVNO had recently shut its doors, and although both partners had agreed that the market had been too saturated to sustain a new entrant, some analysts had offered another explanation for the failure. Virgin's hip and trendy positioning had failed to strike a chord in the Singapore market. Despite this setback, Virgin had forged ahead with its plans to launch a wireless phone service in the U.S. Utilizing the MVNO model once again, the company had entered into a 50-50 joint venture with Sprint, in which Virgin Mobile USA services would be hosted on Sprint PCS's network. Sprint was in the process of updating its network and increasing its capacity so that it had ample capacity to allow for additional users. Under the agreement, Virgin Mobile would purchase minutes from Sprint on an as-used basis. The nice thing about this model is that we don't have to worry about huge fixed cost or physical infrastructure, said Shulman. We can focus on what we do best, understanding and meeting customers' needs. The Crowded Cellular Market, Identifying a Niche The team leading Virgin Mobile USA was acutely aware of the overcrowded nature of the mobile communications industry in the United States. At the end of 2001, the U.S. had six national carriers and a number of regional and affiliated providers. Industry penetration was close to 50%, with about 130 million subscribers, and the market was considered to have reached maturity. Among consumers aged 15 to 29, however, penetration was significantly lower, and the growth rate among this demographic was projected to be robust for the next five years. Still, as Shulman observed, the big players haven't targeted this segment. The one reason was that young consumers often had poor credit quality. These are people who don't necessarily have credit cards and often don't pass the credit checks that the cellular contracts require, Shulman noted. In addition, in an industry in which the average cost to acquire a customer was roughly $370, many carriers did not believe it was worth acquiring customers who might not use their cell phones on a frequent basis. The assumption is that if you're not using the phone for business, or if you don't already subscribe to a cell phone service, then you're probably not going to be someone who uses their cell phone a lot, explained Shulman. In fact, the average monthly cell bill for the national carriers was $52, representing about 417 minutes of use. Because the cost to serve a customer was roughly $30 a month, the carriers tended to be wary of acquiring low-value subscribers. Despite these challenges, the Virgin Mobile team decided that this segment represented the greatest opportunity. This is a market that has been underserved by the existing carriers, explained Shulman. They have specific needs that haven't been met. He continued, A lot of the consumers in this age group are in flux in their lives. They're either in college, or they're just leaving their home, or they may be getting their first cell phone. Their usage is probably inconsistent. One month, they may not use the phone at all, and another month, they may use it quite a bit, depending upon whether they're on vacation or in school. Their calling patterns are different from the typical business person. They're more open to new things, like text messaging or downloading information using their phones. And they're more likely to use ringtones, faceplates, and graphics. In fact, some of them need to go to Ringtone Anonymous. That's how addicted they are. 
Phones are more than a tool for these young people. They're a fashion accessory, a personal statement. Virgin Extras The rock in our slingshot in this battle of David versus Goliath is focus. By focusing exclusively on the youth market from the ground up, we're putting ourselves in a position to serve these customers in a way that they have never been served before. Dan Schulman The Virgin Mobile U.S. team quickly began to seek ways to develop a value proposition that would appeal to the youth market. Because revenues from mobile entertainment was projected to increase steadily over the next few years, the team decided that the key part of Virgin Mobile's service would involve the delivery of content, features, and entertainment, which they call Virgin Extras. To this end, the company signed an exclusive multi-year contract and marketing agreement with MTV Networks to deliver music, games, and other MTV, VH1, and Nickelodeon-based content to Virgin Mobile subscribers. The deal ensured that subscribers would have access to MTV-branded accessories and phones, as well as branded content such as graphics, ringtones, text alerts, and voicemail. The company would also receive promotional airtime on MTV's channels and website. And under the agreement, Virgin Mobile subscribers would be able to use their phones to vote for their favorite videos on shows like MTV's Total Request Live. As Shulman put it, we're taking cell phone content to a whole new level. It's a great match. MTV Networks is home to some of the most recognized youth brands in the country. It has unparalleled reach for the under-30 market. The Virgin brand is all about fun, honesty, and great value for money, which is what our target market wants. You put the two together, and you've got some of the most exciting cell phone features in the market. It's a powerful relationship for us. In addition to the MTV-branded content, the Virgin Mobile service would also include the following Virgin Extras. Text messaging. Schulman believed that text messaging was the next key selling point for youth. The number of text messages tends to skyrocket during school hours. Kids discreetly text message while they're in class. Part of the reason they communicate like this is so their parents don't see who they call. It's a very private form of communication for them. Online real-time billing. For additional privacy from their parents, kids would not have call detail and monthly bills. Virgin Mobile would provide a website with a record of individual calls on a real-time basis. Rescue Ring. Virgin Mobile subscribers would be able to schedule a rescue ring which would call them at a prearranged time to provide them an escape in case a date was not going well. If the date was going well, they could always tell the caller that they would get back to them tomorrow. Wake-up call. For those who need a little help getting out of bed in the morning, Virgin Mobile USA would offer its customers the chance to wake up to original messages from a variety of cheeky celebrity personalities. Ringtones. A large selection of tunes would be available for subscribers to download if they wanted to customize their ringtones ranging from hip-hop to rock to the Spongebob Squarepants anthem. Fun Clips These audio clips would consist of news tidbits, jokes, gossip, sports information, and more. The Hit List Subscribers would be able to use their handsets to listen to and vote on a top 10 list of hit songs. After voting, customers would be able to hear the percentage of other subscribers who either loved it or hated it. Music Messenger this service would let subscribers tap into a top 10 song list and then would shoot a message to a friend allowing them to check out a hot new track. Movies. This service would provide movie descriptions, showtimes, and allow subscribers to buy tickets in advance using their phones. The Virgin team believed that these features would appeal to the youth market, generate additional usage, and create loyalty. Shulman elaborated, 
Our market research indicates that Virgin Extras will attract and retain the youth segment. Not only will these features be appealing, but we also believe that they will be addictive and will bond our customers to their cell phones. Purchasing the service. Most cellular providers sold their services in their own proprietary retail outlets, kiosks and malls, high-end electronic stores like Radio Shack, specialty stores, and so on. Because these retail outlets typically employed high-touch salespeople, most providers paid high sales commissions to ensure hands-on service. In contrast, Virgin Mobile Team had already decided to adopt a different channel strategy that was more closely aligned to its target market selection. Shulman explained, We've decided to distribute in channels where youth shop. This means places like Target, Sam Goody Music Stores, and Best Buy. In these stores, kids are used to buying consumer electronics products. They're used to buying a CD player, an MP3 player. So we've decided to package our products in consumer electronics packaging. Instead of being a box locked behind some counter, we've created a clamshell, clear, see-through packaging, where consumers can pick up the phone without a salesperson helping them and purchase like they would any other consumer electronics product. Cellular carriers historically purchased handsets from cell phone manufacturers such as Nokia, Motorola, Samsung, and Lucky Gold Star. Although the cost per handset generally ranged from $150 to $300, Carriers typically charged end users between $60 and $90. This handset subsidy was an accepted part of the carrier's acquisition costs. Virgin had a contract with handset maker Kyocera, by which it would buy phones from anywhere from $60 to $100, depending on the features and functions of the phones. The first two basic models would be named the Party Animal, a Kyocera 2119, and the Super Model, a Kyocera 2255. Both would come bundled with interchangeable faceplates that would allow it to be decorated with eye-catching colors and patterns. And it would be nestled inside one of Virgin Mobile's bright red clamshell starter packs. The starter packs would be easily visible on large point-of-sale displays that the company would make available to its retailers. The company had entered into distribution agreements with Target and Best Buy, both of which charged lower commissions than traditional industry channels. $30 per phone versus an industry average of $100. The starter pack would also be available at retails such as Sam Goody, Circuit City, Media Play, and Virgin Megastores. In total, the company expected its phones to be available at more than 3,000 U.S. retail outlets by the time the service launched in July. Advertising Unless you're between 14 and 24, you're probably never going to see our ads. If you ever see us on 60 Minutes, then you know we've gone astray. Think WB, MTV, Comedy Central, Dan Schulman. The U.S. cell phone industry was projected to spend about $1.8 billion in advertising in 2002. Most national carriers had huge ad budgets. For example, Verizon Wireless alone was expected to spend more than $650 million advertising in major media in 2002. Virgin Mobile's U.S. advertising budget was minuscule by comparison, approximately $60 million. Still, Schumann was determined to make the most of the limited budget. By definition, the big players need to be all things to all people. They're throwing huge amounts of money into messaging that are largely undifferentiated, he said. Our goal is different. We want to break through the clutter. Our advantage is that we've got a much tighter focus and a much narrower target market. This means that we have to be able to get our message out more efficiently than our competitors. The team had already decided on an advertising campaign that it believed was quirky, offbeat, and completely different from competitive ad treatments. The ads would feature teens 
and often indecipherable metaphors. As Howard Handler, Virgin's mobile chief marketing officer, put it, we need to stand out from the rest of the crowd, which means that we need to deliver ads that are not run-of-the-mill. They need to be more entertaining and more unique in their creative execution. In addition, the company was working with youth magazine editors of publications such as The Complex, Vibe, XXL, to publish advertorials, pieces extolling Virgin Mobile to its readers. These are the opinion-leading magazines, Handler said. Getting their buy-in is important for us. Virgin Mobile was also planning a number of high-profile street marketing events. These events would feature paid performers, dancers, and gymnasts dressed in red from head to toe who would engage in various stunts. Finally, the team was in the process of planning a highly unusual event to kick off the launch of the Virgin Mobile U.S. service. The plan called for the cast of the full Monty, a Broadway show, to appear with Sir Richard Branson dangling from a building in New York City's Times Square wearing nothing but large, strategically placed cell phones. The Pricing Decision We knew that we couldn't afford to get pricing wrong when we designed our offer. It can make or break your success. Consequently, we did a tremendous amount of market research among our target segment, and the one thing became clear. Our audience did not trust the industry pricing plans. They all advertised free this and free that. But young people know that there's a lot of hidden charges and they resent this. These are savvy consumers, and they hate feeling like they're being conned. So we've got an opportunity to use pricing as a way to differentiate ourselves from the competition. Dan Schulman. Over 90% of all subscribers in the U.S. had contractual agreements with their cellular providers. The contracts were generally for a period of one to two years, and they require vigorous credit checks. Many plans had established buckets of minutes. Customers could sign up for a bucket of 300 minutes, for example, However, if they actually used more than 300 minutes, they were penalized with extremely high rates, like 40 cents a minute for the average. If they used fewer than 300 minutes, they were still charged the fixed monthly fee, which then drove up their price per minute. The carriers typically charged less for off-peak than on-peak minutes, but the off-peak period had shrunk over time. Originally, off-peak had begun at 6 p.m. The starting time had since shifted to 7 p.m., and then 8 p.m., and finally 9 p.m. Some carriers, such as Singular, charged a monthly fee, about $7, to move the peak back one hour. Schulman noted, The industry is making money from customer confusion. As a customer, you need to use minutes within the tight range that you signed up for in order to get a good rate. Your on-peak and off-peak minutes have to be in the right mix, too. If all customers actually signed up for the optional plan for their usage, the carriers would be making far less money than they are today. In fact, the industry's pricing plans were quite rational if customers would always select the right plan for their usage patterns. However, customers usually could not predict their usage. Virgin Mobile studied hundreds of customers and found that the prices they actually paid varied widely. Shulman continued, Our customers think that they use more minutes than they actually use. For example, in our target segment, the majority of young people actually use from 100 to 300 minutes per month. However, if you ask them to predict their usage, they'll often come up with a much higher number. Other people will try to pick lower bucket plans to avoid high monthly fees. Then they'll get a $100 bill because they didn't realize it would cost them $0.40 cents for every minute above the bucket. Adding to the consumer resentment was the fact that most carriers slapped on additional fees to add to the monthly bill. Shulman explained, The carriers will only tell you about the monthly bucket fee. They won't mention the taxes you'll have to pay or the universal service charges that you'll have to pay. There are a bunch of one-time costs that are loaded on top of the bill that they don't advertise. So if you end up being exactly right in your bucket, 
a $24 plan ends up being a $35 plan. Shulman and his team carefully considered various pricing strategies. Although the pricing possibilities were endless, the team believed that there were realistically three viable options. Shulman said, We're trying to be as open-minded as possible. We have the luxury of starting from scratch, so this is the opportunity to fix some of the problems that are epidemic in this industry. Our only constraints are that, one, we want to make sure our prices are competitive, two, we want to make sure we can make money, and three, we don't want to trigger off competitive reactions. Option one, clone the industry prices. The first option was to merely clone the existing industry price structure. All of the major carriers paid high commissions to salespeople to explain their complicated pricing structures and to perform credit checks. In fact, 30% of prospective customers failed to pass credit checks. Given Virgin Mobile's non-traditional channel strategy, its pricing message would have to be relatively simple. Solman said, with this first option, we would simply be telling customers that we were pricing competitively with everyone else. But with a few key advantages, like differentiated applications, MTV, and superior customer service. In addition, Virgin Mobile could attempt to differentiate from the competition by offering better off-peak hours and fewer hidden fees. We know that consumers are sick of hidden fees and they hate off-peak deals that start at 9 p.m., so we'd be addressing a real sore spot among young people, said Shulman. He added, the nice thing about this idea is that it's easy to promote. People may not like the pricing plans, but given all the money the industry spends to promote them, the customers are used to buckets and peak off-peak distinctions. Given our limited advertising budget, it may be a stretch for us to break through with anything different. We could also put it on our packaging so that even without the help of a salesperson, consumers would get the message. Option 2. Price below the competition. The second option was to adopt a similar pricing structure as that of most of the industry, with actual prices slightly below those of the competition. That is, Virgin Mobile would maintain the buckets and volume discounts, but its price per minute would be set below the industry average for certain key buckets. This option would allow us to tell customers that we're cheaper, plain and simple, because our target market generally uses between 100 and 300 minutes per month. That's where consumers would get the best price, said Shulman. Under this option, we could also offer better off-peak hours and fewer hidden fees. But I don't know if that would be necessary if our price per minute was clearly below the competition. We wouldn't want to leave too much money on the table. Option 3. A whole new plan. The third option was the most radical. The idea was to start from scratch and come up with an entirely different pricing structure, one that was significantly different from anything offered by the competition. The pricing variables that Shulman was toying with included the role of contracts, did it make sense to shorten the term of subscription contracts, or perhaps even eliminate the contracts altogether? Contracts provide carriers with a hedge against churn and a guaranteed annuity stream. Yet even with the contracts, cellular providers struggle with an industry churn rate that averages 2% per month. If Virgin Mobile were to shorten or eliminate such contracts, the risk would be that its churn rate would skyrocket. In fact, it was estimated that the churn would climb to 6% each month. Shulman added, From a marketing perspective, there's no question that it would be great if we could announce to the world that we were eliminating contracts. Keep in mind that if you're under 18, you can't even enter into a contract with a cellular provider. Your parents need to do it for you. So eliminating contracts would be a big advantage for us from a customer acquisition standpoint. Of course, in terms of retention, 
contracts or a safety net. So the question is, does it make sense for us to try to fly without a safety net? Prepaid versus postpaid. The vast majority, 92% of current cell phone subscribers in the U.S., had postpaid plans, which meant that they were billed monthly on the basis of their contract. Prepaid arrangements, in which consumers purchased a number of minutes in advance, were usually because of prohibitive pricing, generally between 35 and 50 cents per minute and as high as 75 cents per minute. Most prepaid customers use their phones on an occasional basis as a safety device. They just keep it in their glove compartment, as Shulman put it. Many of these customers have poor credit. In fact, the reason prepaid plans appealed to them was that such plans required no credit checks. Customers therefore thought that prepaid arrangements were a stigma, and the prepaid offers tended to attract low-usage customers. Still in countries such as Finland and the UK, prepaid arrangements were commonplace, accounting for the majority of new gross ads. Shulman knew that the risks of adopting a prepaid pricing structure were significant. U.S. characters were extremely wary of prepaying customers because of their high churn rates. Prepaying customers tended to exhibit no loyalty to a provider once they had all used all their prepaid minutes. If Virgin Mobile were to adopt a prepaid pricing structure, the danger was the company would never be able to recoup its customer acquisition costs. In fact, industry analysts estimate that total acquisition costs would have to be at or above 100 per new gross ad for prepaid to be viable. In addition, there were a number of related issues to consider. A prepaid pricing structure would require some mechanism, perhaps via the web or through a physical phone card, whereby customers could easily add minutes to their phone. Handset subsidies. Most carriers purchased handsets from cell phone manufacturers such as Nokia, Motorola, and Samsung at a cost per handset ranging from 150 to 300 for the industry. The carriers then subsidized the cost of the handset to the end users. This subsidy, which was typically about 100 to 200 dollars, was part of the customer acquisition cost. We're debating all of our options here, said Shulman. Everything from increasing the subsidy so that our phones are cheaper than the competition to lowering the subsidy as a way of getting customers to feel more invested and loyal towards our service. Hidden fees and off-peak hours. One of our goals is to offer service that is priced so simply that consumers don't need a math degree to figure it out, said Shulman. One way to do this would be to eliminate all hidden fees, including taxes, universal service charges, everything. It would literally be what you see is what you get. However, this would mean rolling all those hidden costs into our pricing structure in such a way that our pricing feels competitive to our target market, and yet we still make money. As for off-peak hours, we need to think about what makes sense for our target customers, says Shulman. These kids don't lead the same kind of lifestyle as the typical business person, so our service should define off-peak with that in mind. As Shulman reviewed the various pricing, he realized the importance of laying the foundation for future profitability. There's this assumption you can't target young people and make money, he said. Our goal is to prove otherwise. Ideally, every customer we acquire will have a positive lifetime value for us. That is why this pricing decision is so critical, he continued. If we can figure out a way to create value so that we can successfully enter a very competitive and saturated market and also create profitability with this target segment, then we will have truly accomplished something big.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.